Cool. Well, I've got a little bit of a word, um, a little bit of uh, probably a little bit of a teaching, tiny bit of a teaching. I don't want to go too long. Everyone in our church probably laugh at that statement, but uh, I I really believe that one of the greatest errors, if I if I can say that kindly, in the body of Christ is that. God is in control of absolutely everything. Now, this has been a much debated uh, theological talk standpoint throughout history. Calvinist, Arminius, you know, um, is probably the biggest one throughout our lifetime that's been debated. The sovereignty of God. I believe God is sovereign. I believe he's ruler and, and king of all. I believe he's lord of all. He's the lord of lords, the king of kings. He is the, the God that created everything. Adam and Eve got given the ability to choose God and they got the ability to not choose God. There was a choice. They had the free will to go one way or the other. And the earth has been given into the, the, the hands of the sons and daughters of God. And when Adam and Eve sinned and chose to sin and obey the devil and disobey God, they handed over their rights, their legal rights. They handed over the keys of the kingdom, so to speak. They handed those keys over to the domain of darkness, to the kingdom, uh, to the domain of darkness and to the enemy. That's why the devil, when he tempts Jesus in the wilderness, he says, you know, here are the kingdoms. I will give them to you, right? Now, the beautiful thing about that is within that temptation, he tempts his identity. He says, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. Then the next temptation that he tempts him with is all the kingdoms. And then the last temptation he takes him, he shows him the temple, right? The beautiful thing now is we are the temple of God. We host the presence and that we are the temple of God. This body is the temple, you know, it's, it's where God dwells. And the kingdom of God, uh, Romans 14, says that the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom of God dwells within me. I have the kingdom of God within the temple of God. And now I'm a son of God and I get to release the kingdom of God on planet earth because that's the prayer that he taught us to pray in Matthew 6, 11. Your kingdom come... Now, this is Jesus' words, remember. This is the Son of God. This is the best, the, the representation of the Father. This is the one that came, born of a Virgin Mary, right? He comes and he teaches his disciples to pray this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why am I talking about sovereignty, free will, choice, earth? I would like to propose that sometimes there's a apathy and a lethargicness in the body of Christ that comes from belief system. Now, I don't want to, I'm not talking about striving and I'm not talking about self effort and self works even though work's important 
I'm talking about there's an apathy and a lethargicness that I believe comes from a belief system that we'll just sit back because God's in control of absolutely everything and he's just, this is just how it plays out. Now, it's the will of God that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Uh, John 3.16, you know, For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Right? That means people are perishing. <laughs> it's the will of God that none should perish. Well, that means people are perishing. Is it the will of God that people perish? No. Are people perishing? Yes. Who's he given all authority and all dominion to? The sons and daughters of God. All authority has been given to me. So therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He gave us the commission to extend the kingdom of God. Go and heal the sick, go and raise the dead, go and do these things and say to them, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto thee. Right? The kingdom of God dwell. It's, it's the greatest multiplication trick the planet's ever seen. The devil thought, the devil thought, hey, I've, I've, I'm about to kill their savior. And he thought he'd won. And the very thing that he thought he'd won with, Jesus goes into the pit of hell, gets the keys of the kingdom back, and resurrects three days later. And he says, hey boys and girls, I've got the keys of the kingdom back. Now I want you to go and extend the kingdom of God everywhere that you go. It's a very interesting prayer to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If, if God is in absolute control of everything, and everything that's happening on planet Earth is His will and His design. That's a very interesting prayer to pray. Your will be done on Earth as it is in heaven. At Matthew 16, He says, "Bind what is bound in heaven, loose what is loosed in heaven." Right. In other words, what is bound in heaven, we have the authority and the commission to bind on Earth. Right. What is loosed in heaven, we have the authority and the commission to loose it on planet Earth. Right? That's a very interesting prayer to pray if he didn't actually believe that he wanted us to do that. And I think a lot of Christians don't believe that God wants to make the king wants to advance his kingdom on planet Earth. They think we've been saved and this world, this earth is going to hell in a handbasket, and they wonder why things are not changing because where there's an apathy and a lethargicness of sitting back and just thinking God's in absolute control of everything that happens, and oh, that person died uh, of, of some disease, and oh, that thing's happening, and that's ravishing my city, and suicide's rampant, and oh, well, that mu this must be the will of God. This must be the will of God. No, it's not the will of God. There is an enemy. We are in a fight. You're born into a war, and it's spiritual. It's not against people, even though people might be under the influence of witchcraft and, and demonic activity, we've been commissioned to pray. We've been commissioned to pray on earth as it is in heaven. Well, what's heaven like? Okay, there's perfect peace. There's no tears. There's no sickness. There's no torment. 
There's absolute unity of spirit. And he taught us to pray that way for that to be commissioned here. We are in the kingdom age, church. We are in the kingdom age. Um, Hebrews 8.6 says this, But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry by as much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. Wow. I was going to go into Daniel 9. I'll, I'll just touch on it briefly. Daniel 9, 24 says, 70 weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity. Oh, this sounds like someone. To bring an everlasting righteousness and to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy place. So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. So 62 plus 7 is 69, right? 69 weeks. But at the start he says 70 weeks. So there's a week missing, right? So 69 weeks, 70 weeks, there's a week missing. Uh, so he says from a decree until the Messiah comes really quickly. I did a whole teaching on this about a year ago, but really quickly for time's sake, uh, from the time of the decree, Ezra 7, I think it is, there's a decree uh, where the decree goes out to rebuild uh, the temple in Jerusalem. Remember, the temple was built, was destroyed, then they rebuilt it, right? So it's been rebuilt. So, and then it's been destroyed in Matthew 24, in uh, AD 70 which Matthew 24 prophesies, right? So here, uh, uh, Daniel is says from the time of the decree will go out. Well, the time, from the time of the decree uh, is 400 and... Uh, I'm going to get the math slightly wrong, but I think it's 490 years from the time of the decree, or 483 years, sorry, 483 years from the time of the decree going out. In Ezra, the temple got rebuilt and the Messiah came exactly in that year, 483 years, when the Messiah comes. It's why Daniel trained his disciples to understand the times and understand when Messiah was going to come. It's why they were the ones that came from the east and they were the ones that brought gifts and bowed down to worship Jesus, right? It's why they knew exactly the time because of this prophecy. But listen to what it says. It goes, then after 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. And its end will come with a flood. Even their end will be a war, desolations are determined and he will make a firm covenant with many for one week what's one week seven seven days or seven years right let's call it seven years right so days like you know <laughs> and he will make a firm covenant with many for one week but in the middle of the week he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering on the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate even until a complete destruction 
one that is decreed is poured out, the one who makes desolate. The middle of a week, what's the middle of a week? Three and a half days or three and a half years. In the middle of the last year, and this was a year of mercy, right? It was 490 years of mercy where God was saying, hey, I'm, 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 I'm showing mercy. I'm going to continue to show mercy. I'm going to continue to show mercy. But then in the middle of a seven week, one week or middle of a year, seven years, three and a half years, there'll be an end to grain offering and sacrifices. Who brought the end? Jesus brought the end of that covenant and the Mosaic law. He brought the end of that way of thinking and doing life. It's why when Peter says, how many times do we have to forgive? He says seven times 70. It's not a, it's not a random number. Seven times 70 is 490. He's saying, you forgive the amount of times my father has forgiven. It's not that you have 70 times to forgive. It's He's saying, the way my father forgives and shows mercy is like this. I want you to be the same. Hmm. And here he says that there'll be an end. Jesus brought an end to grain offering and sacrifices. He came and he ushered in the kingdom. And that's why... Before he gets baptized, he doesn't preach about the kingdom. After he gets baptized, he starts to preach about the kingdom. Why? Because it's, he said, uh, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Righteousness. He, he illustrated the death and the resurrection, and then he preached the kingdom. Why? Because the kingdom preaching is the resurrected life. Matthew thirteen thirty one. he says, He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the largest than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air can come and make its nest and branches. And he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all Leavened. Hmm. You and I have been commissioned to extend the kingdom of God. Yes, we need to pray. In this time, Church of Victoria, Church of the World, we need to pray for kingdom reign and rule to triumph. Not so our lives can be comfortable. In the midst of great persecution, the kingdom always advances. Isaiah 9, 7 says that um, on his shoulders, actually, let's just read read that. We'll, we'll finish with that. On Isaiah 9, it says, um, Isaiah 9, 7, uh, verse 6, for, a child, for, us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name should be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. 
on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice, with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Psalm 115 says God sits in the heaven and does whatever he pleases. God can do, God can, I'm in charge of my household. But I'm not in control of my children's actions and what they do. We're not on we're not on a dress rehearsal church. This isn't a uh, this isn't a this isn't a show. This is real. And there are demonic influences right now. And I don't ever very much talk like this. People that know me know this very well. I'm not too interested in what the devil I don't I don't want to be reactive to the devil. I want to be response, responsive to the, what the Father's voice is saying and doing. And I know this for sure. I know he's commissioned us to pray on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm looking around right now and there's such division, disunity, sickness, torment, people losing their jobs, their livelihoods, their income. Things are going on uh, in the lay of the land in this in this region and town that are not kingdom. And I'm not looking to make this world Christian. I'm looking for this world to become the kingdoms of our God. Not from a dominating, domineering point of view, but but when the king when the seed is planted of the of the of the mustard tree, it becomes the greatest tree in the land and it provides shelter for everyone around them. When we advance the kingdom and not just sit back and do nothing, we we actually take authority and dominion and we take what the enemy has stolen and we take it back. We actually take the lay of the land and we don't just sit back and say, oh, well, God, God's going to do it. He's in control. No, he's given us the authority and then dominion and we get to advance the kingdom of God and co-labor with the Father in taking the kingdom back. When sickness and the commissions of God are to go and heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out demons become about just good political rhetoric or good uh, sermons or just a good theological understanding with no biblical practical outworking, then it's just more puffed up knowledge. We have been commissioned to heal the sick to raise the dead and to cast out demons, church, and to advance the kingdom of God on planet Earth. You don't get to advance the kingdom of God when you're dead. You get one shot at it, and it's now. <laughs> this isn't a dress rehearsal. This isn't a game. While I'm alive, and hopefully while you're alive, hey, Guess what? As a Christian, to die is gain, to live is gain. Paul said that. He said, if I, if I live, I get to go to be with the Father. If I die, 
Sorry, if I live, I'm with the Father and I can advance the kingdom. Right? If I die, I'm with the Father. But I don't get to advance the kingdom. So here's my charge. One, that we would be praying. There are angelic, you know, Hebrews talks about that the angels are ministers of those that will inherit salvation. That's you and I. We get to... We get to pray on earth as it is in heaven, and we get to model and demonstrate that. We've been, as, as you read in Matthew 9, he made an end to the old way of thinking, and he ushered in the kingdom age, the new covenant, Hebrews 8, a better covenant. We're in the kingdom age. The second thing that I would love us to really pray about and seek the Lord on, you can do this individually, is I, I, I think we need boldness. I think we need a spirit of boldness right now to come upon us to... It doesn't necessarily mean we need to be loud. We need to be as innocent as a dove and as wise as a serpent. But are we willing to stand for God in the face of maybe some persecution, maybe some, you know, pushback and say, I'm standing for, for the kingdom of God and I'm willing to look a bit foolish. And then the third thing I think we need to pray for is we need to pray for the word of the Lord for a listening ear and for wisdom. I think those three go together, but we need the word of the Lord. We need the word of the Lord. We need wisdom of how to outwork the word of the Lord. And we need our ear attuned to his voice because the strangers are not interested in following and I'm not interested in reacting. I'm interested in following what the king's saying so I can advance the kingdom. This has been prophesied in Daniel 9 that the kingdom would come and that of the increase of his government there will be no end. No end. Okay, so that's true. Do you believe it? Alright. Do you believe he actually meant pray this way, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Do you believe he actually meant your kingdom come? Alright. Put some legs on that. Add faith to it. Believe it. You've got it. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's time to release the Holy Spirit. Time to heal the sick. Time to cast out some demons. Time to advance the kingdom. What does that look like in your own personal life? What does that look like in your community? What does that look like? It's time to not sit back and say, well, God's in control. He's in charge. But he's given you the commission to be his hands and feet, to be his body. Let's come into alignment with the head, and I guarantee you we'll see this kingdom advance. Father, I thank you for your kingdom. I thank, thank you for the domain of, your, of the king. That there be rule and reign. That, that we would serve this planet. Well, that your kingdom would advance. 
that it would advance in the education system and advance in the business realm, advance in the political realm, the sporting arena and the arts, in the, in the medical world that, that sicknesses would vanish, that mental health would decrease, that things wouldn't get worse, that things would, that there'd be an advancement of your kingdom. And that we would be able to say that's the kingdom of God. It's the spirit of the, of, of the Lord that is upon you that has brought freedom. And I release the spirit of freedom into our homes right now. That it would find a resting place. That it would find a dwelling place. And that we would get a backbone. We would get some boldness. We would get some oomph in our souls again. That the lethargic apathy would be gone. And that there'd be a righteous justice stirring in our hearts to advance the kingdom of God while we're alive in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, have a chat amongst yourselves, guys, in your homes where you are and uh, pray for each other, lay hands on each other, stir the gift up within you. And um and I just I just thank you for the church. I I you guys know I love you, but I I really felt uh I felt this is this is the right word for us in this time to to be a sobering a sobering reminder that we're we're here to to actually make a difference and um, I hope it challenges you and stirs you and I, I look forward to um, seeing you all soon. We're going to be uh, sending some stuff out soon on our private page, so um, stay tuned for that and uh, we love you lots. Bye bye.